Welcome back to another episode of Let's Face the Facts. I'm your host. My name is David Almeida. I'm an actor in Orlando, Florida, and every week I sit down with an actor or artist friend, and we watch an episode of the classic sitcom, The Facts of Life. Then we hit record, we get to talking, and we talk about the show and lots and lots of other stuff. This week, my guests are Matthew Arter and Paul Padilla. But you already knew that because this is part two of two of our viewing of The Facts of Life Goes to Paris, which is a TV movie that they aired right before the premiere of season four. And um, yeah, we covered the first half of it last week. And uh, if you haven't listened to that, you might wanna. And then this week is the second and final part of it. Once again, as last week, uh, apologies in advance for any inconsistencies in sound quality. This one wasn't quite as much of a problem to edit as the first half. I think it's uh, it was partially an operator error, so my learning curve uh, did uh, take place, and I was able to do this one a little bit more easily, but still... It may be a little soft, and you may get a little bit of an echo, and, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. And it's worth every penny that you paid for it, I promise. So, uh, I think we're ready to jump on in. Let's do this. Let's Face the Facts with Matthew Arter and Paul Padilla. Well, welcome back, gentlemen. We have returned... It is a week later now. We are bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. Oh, I fresh, lost four pounds. Fresh as a daisy. I found four pounds. Yeah. You. So. <laughs> um, we, we were just saying before, we were just like, good God, we just got to get through this. Mm-hmm. For we, we had fun. We The, the energy <laughs> level in the room yeah. compared to uh, two hours ago when we started <laughs> Wrap this shit. Oh. We were we were like, oh, this was funny. This was awful. <laughs> we're having fun. Now we're just like. Now we're drudging through Paris. <laughs> Get through this. Show me the boy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's just jump right on in, kids. Part three. <laughs> Tootie and Natalie are out with GK and they're seeing Paris. And uh, that was when I believe I said, I smell a montage. Yeah. Because and- that's where we really do get a good yeah. travelogue. We got it a little bit when they first arrived and they were on their buses or their respective whatevers. But it's also delightfully stock footage. Oh, God, yes. And it's also, I love oh. the voiceovers over a montage like that. Like, it's so... You know it was looped in, in the studio. It's so Charlie Brown. You yeah. know what I mean? But, and it, I just, when I was watching, I was like, you know what? They did stock footage and they filmed the rest of this. Funnily enough, I don't know if you know this, at Epcot, which is interesting. <laughs> I don't know if you That's why the that. Eiffel Tower looks so tiny so and small. off yeah. in the distance. Yeah. It's not because, and they did that so that the girls would see how big they looked compared to the Eiffel Tower <laughs> no. and they would want to lose weight. Uh, I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. Oh, and a moment, damn it, from last week's show, from the first half of this. When we see them suffering through the school, Mm. one of the things we see is them outdoors doing like a calisthenics gym thing where they're having to do (laughs) jumping jacks and drop and give push-ups and stuff. And you know the producers were like, yeah, do do a 70th take of that. Uh, I I remember that. that. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they said things like, okay, my little piggies. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Like, we're just horrible. The Judy Garland, my little hunchback stuff. They had to kind of 
the craft service table. They always talked about it, and they said it was hard to. And they were also eat teenage the stuff. girls, exactly. Just, like, and Charlotte Ray did adjust the craft services table mm-hmm. to healthier stuff when she got healthy at the beginning of season two. But according to the interviews with the girls, they're like, yeah, when they tried to foist like healthy, but we just snuck candy and shit mm-hmm. behind their backs. They were yeah. like, we're not fuck that. Yeah. Um, it's like, I'm 16. I'm not eating damn carrots and celery. What the hell's yeah, the matter with you? Exactly. And yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. My teenage self was the same way. It was, yeah. I'm with you. I would too if it's there and it's yeah, available. I'd be like, Twinkies, then give it. Oh, give oh it. I love to bake. You're going you're gonna to weigh 500 pounds. I'm just telling you. Well, yeah, there we go. So we're out. Tootie and Natalie are out with GK, and they're seeing Paris. And throughout the course of the cheesy voiceovers, he is playing that he is drunk or hungover. Yeah. And slowly, as the as the day wears on, he's getting better. And you you seem like you're feeling better. You're getting your focus back. And he's like, yeah, well, the buildings aren't moving now and stuff like that. So, you know, they don't just re-inspire a writer. I think they lead a man to sobriety. They completely do. Over the course of a 12-hour day. Yeah. So just <clears throat> putting that out there. And it gets to the point where he gets his energy back so much that he is going, I want you to see this, then I want you to go over there, then we're going to do this tour. And Tootie and Natalie are like, we're fucking tired. Could we? And this is the first op- first offer of seeing Paris at night. Because doesn't Mrs. Garrett get that offer from that guy? I want to show you Paris at night. That's... And Blair gets that offer as well. Oh, yeah. We will take a midnight a moonlight yeah. walk along Everybody the sand. Wants to show that fucking Paris at night. At night, yeah. Because mm-hmm. murders. Right. So we get to David and Joe, who arrive at a little hotel somewhere. And we meet, I believe the role in IMDb is creepy-ass French hotel clerk. Weirdo. Oh, my God. Like, it's weird like, for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, when made, Matthew didn't want to fuck him. Yeah, wow. when I go, oh, he's It, it made me nervous. He yeah. made me nervous. Like, he, and he didn't say a word in English, so we have no idea what he was yeah. saying to him, like. It sounded like he was like, setting up a DP, like a, tri- a triangle. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's his like, you get the back door. leering, as, the, as David is trying to arrange getting a room in his, <laughs> like, I, the implication is, I know what you guys want a hotel room for. See, I thought the implication was like, oh, you bring me this girl, we're going to do together. Oh, like, okay. That could totally be. like French spies? That could totally be. <laughs> we're going to do together. Oh, I am Mexican spy. Yeah. Anyway. But the thing is, they if you took this guy, if you took um, Marty Feldman and Rowan Atkinson as Mr. Bean Ew. and uh, made a, a much less attractive <laughs> child out of them, he was just so gross. He's and like licking his lips practically. He was yeah. icky. He was icky. But the gist of the scene is that there's only one room available, so they have to room together. Oh, fa, fa, fa. yeah. Ooh. And as he keeps leering at Joe, Joe finally turns to him and says, "How do you say in French? Do you want to be cleaning your teeth up off the floor?" And the guy gets the hint and backs the fuck off. And thank God for now. For now. Till so, he shows him the room but, where he's back to whacking off. While no. he's like, when are we getting this started? Looking through the hole in the picture with the <laughs> yes. eyes. Yeah. So they go into the bedroom mm-hmm. and Joe says, do you see a couch around here? It's like, this room is four by six. 
It's <laughs> like, I performed on stages larger than this room. It's like, no, I don't see a couch in the room where we're both standing and can see everything. Mm -hmm. But the question is, well, how were the sleeping arrangements going to be? Well, he takes off his outer shirt. Yeah. And he's wearing uh, an almost sleeveless black t-shirt mm -hmm. and dark jeans. And of course, I started singing, I got chills, they're multiplying, because he looked like Danny Zuko. He could have gotten it. And um, mm -hmm. Joe instead zips up her life vest, I Marty would, McFly. I would wash his butt. Yeah. <laughs> I would. would I, actually, I, might, I might be like, yeah, I'm okay. They get into bed, Joe, covered in clothes on uh, top of the covers. Uh -huh. He is under the covers. And Matthew pointed out, what did you say? Oh, yeah. They were stinky by then. Yeah. And he's French. So. And there was, so there was, there were, it's probably been three days yeah. since both of them had bathed. Yeah. Horrifying. And, and he's and, uncircumcised because he's <laughs> French. So, like, you know. I, <laughs> I get it. I get it. I can't. Uh, let's me... just let's stop there and just say it would it it as in rhetorically the body or it, it would be just, a dirty situation. Uh, uh, yeah, be, yeah. Fromage and not in a hot way. I'm guessing at this point. Like, no, maybe after day one. Yeah, I mean he's already French. He probably didn't smell good to begin he's with. So Thank cute, you. Though, but he's cute. He's so I'm, I'm sorry. I get it. Yeah. Anyhow, I think we I think we go to commercial air, and then the next morning. When we wake up, he comes in the room. Joe is under the covers. With what looks like icing on her face? No. Stop. Did <laughs> they have breakfast? No, that she was there. No, no, no. Like... Stop it. Now. <laughs> but he's like, what's the matter? You Are you upset? She's There's... like, yeah, I'm upset about last night. That's dramatic. And it's like, the, well, the implication is they slept together, they but talked. you're... you're you're mad about that, you know. I'm mad at you because you know you raped me. It's like right. what? What the fuck do they think they're implying? But then they. It's it's always the man's fault when two people have sex. Is that what? That's such yes, a. Uh, it is though. Yeah. But then the joke is, she whips off the cover. She's fully dressed, and she says, "You were supposed to wake me at two o'clock, so I would do my shift on the floor, and you get the bed." He said, "I tried to wake you, and he couldn't." So it's. I thought this is my chance to get anal. No, if she's, no, she's going to sleep through that's it. How, I mean, that's you how know, I was. The guy no. was like, when I did the yeah. just feel like, you know, a French so guy. You know, the girl has not waking up. No, we, we are not. Let's, wow. All right. We All are right. horrible people for, anyway. Um, then we go to Mrs. Garrett shopping uh, at the market, Mrs. Garrett is out to market with Pierre, and she is all, "Oh, look at these booths with food that you can. This is so much more interesting than going to the supermarket." Yeah, it's a farmer's market. Yeah, the, the yeah. dietitian. You've never been to a farmer's market in, in your own country in upstate New York. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. really. But yeah, but to Mrs. Garrett, this was like the height of uh, of foreignness. Yo, I love her. He's trying to get her to uh, relax about her stress over this final exam meal. Mm -hmm. And he's, and she's like, all right, I've got scallions. And he says, well, maybe you should try shallots. And she's like, what? And he's like, well, but what about that? Well, maybe you could try sweet butter. He cooks at the sweet restaurant butter. in his... But then, yeah. so he's making suggestions and she's like, you know what? I'm going to try it. So then, then from there, we go back to Joe and David, biking, picnicking, old woman with a pussy. 
Don't need to really belabor that. It's one of her great loves of Joe's life. And other than Blair. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's true, other than Blair, but Yeah. So we've gotten the city montages, now we have the country montage of them being out that way. Still for how far away Le Mans is? Why is it taking them days? She said it was like, what, 120 miles? Yeah. But they're walking with a bike. I know. So, <laughs> it's it's, sad. They're walking it's just taking them an awfully long time. Anyway, yeah. then we go back to Mrs. Garrett and Pierre. He's still trying to comfort her. She's still stressing out. And this is where he says, maybe you should uh, relax by letting me show you my Paris, my night. We have a night on the town. Yeah. And he's nice. We like Pierre. Pierre has turned out to be a lovely support system. And she's showing some cleave on this night out. She's got some... Yeah. And I I want her to give it up. Yeah. She needs to get to put some sweet butter on his baguette. No. If you were going to Paris and you have to deal with all these girls and shit, like, yes, you need a night out. You need to get some dick. Agreed. strange. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So then we go to Blair over at her party. Oh, we're talking about Blair now. Okay. Yeah, we're talking about Blair. We're Sorry. moved Uncut on. Uncut strange. <laughs> so then Blair is at her party, and she meets some people, and they know her mother, and nothing really fucking happens, does well, it? Well, she realizes that it's really not her element. And I think society. this is kind of her coming out episode. <laughs> a little so. bit, because she kind of discovers <laughs> that Blair Warner isn't a Manhattan socialite. She's a, she's a, she's a bohemian. <laughs> and I think from this point on, she probably stopped shaving up her, her junk. You know what I mean? Like Girls probably, didn't shave their junk in 82. You're right. You're right. It was, it was like a, a big dark bush. Probably. <laughs> But I think, you know, like maybe she stopped shaving her armpits. You know what I mean? Like um, she, for a while after this, she's like, I, I can I, see Blair as like a progressive person, like an earth mother type. Oh. She's Blair Warner. Yeah. She, she makes her crafts. Okay. You can, you, that is, that is a theory. Um, I will go on record theory. saying, I think what this scene was trying to do was you, Paul brought it, uh, mentioned it i think you're right the her being out of her element she's talking there with american people and they reference her mother mm-hmm. and they're kind of like Haha, we're all hanging out together here why even bother leaving home and so there is kind of a reaction shot of blair like yeah why the fuck am i here mm-hmm. just hanging with american socialites when i'm supposed to be enjoying the yeah. lo- localities and the, the city I'm so that's part of blair's thing going on here then we go to a beautiful little French cottage, and Joe and David are sitting at a dinner table with an older Frenchman who is telling a very animated story in French, and they're all laughing, and haha, we learn that this is David's father. They have conveniently somehow stopped by David's childhood home on the way. at the beginning, I'm taking you to Le Mans because it is close to my home. <laughs> Is it? Is it? Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't catch that. Suddenly he's Pepe Le Pew. Oh. <laughs> I just wanted that. No. I'd stay at a yeah. hotel with you. Yeah. yeah. I, I wouldn't mind. make you wake me up at 2 a.m. <laughs> uh, if you've got a Mickey me to get you through it, okay. Oh, okay. man. Most yeah. people okay. usually have to Mickey me to get through it. Oh, wow. Right. Uh, we do need to point out the lovely moment where uh, he points out that his little brother 
has a crush on Joe. He's yeah. looking at her funny. And he says, but yeah. I have told him he will have to wait his turn. Mm-hmm. Well, that was hot. Ew. I thought that was hot. I thought that was cute. It was cute, but wait his turn. Unfortunately, the sick, evil fucks like well, us think thinking, of that sexually. He's going to run a train on her. No. And then the very next scene, we show dad I hanging out with Joe by yeah. the fire. Matthew was all about the dad's mm-hmm. tr- thinking he's got a shot here. But at one point. She's got sh- three holes. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, no. I wasn't thinking that way. I was just more like, you know. Matthew cracked himself up with that one. I yeah. cracked myself up. This went too far. Yeah, Shocked it, it was far, far, far. But the I moment where we point out. out that the little kid is a crush on her is when he is smiling at her and looking at her all wide-eyed. Oh, and he so hands cute. her and he passes her the bread. Mm-hmm. And she takes the basket with the bread and takes out a slice or two. It is square, white, American, wonder, fucking bread. You were so mad about that. I. This is France. Yeah. It's like you get every bread. type of gorgeous, beautiful yeah, bread. Yeah, wonder bread. You were like, what the fuck? You have, you have baguettes. You have... Panini, you have, well, Panini or Italian? Punani. The what? What? Huh? Punani? Punani. <laughs> I just, I, I, I will say, like, I'm not trying to gang up on you, so to speak. Yeah. Um, you guys were I'm mad on at Paul's it. team where you seem strangely upset about that mm-hmm. as opposed to the other 99 minutes of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> The ninety-nine minutes and fifty seconds yeah, of the movie. Of, like, yeah. Of the of the disproportionately sick- angry about these two pieces of bread. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. When it happened, you were just mad. You were outraged. I You're was. Mad. And I still am. I'm just like props person fail. <laughs> you do not get an Emmy nomination yeah. like everyone else should. Yeah. Um, so there it is. And uh, then while they're hanging out by the fire and they're getting all smoochy. And then a phone call comes. Long story short, uh, David has got to go back to Paris because his boss's wife is sick. He works in a bookstore, mm-hmm. and he's got to get back there. And so, after a four-day walk, after a four-day walk, he gets he's told he's got to go back to Paris. So he but he's works. Cute. He's cute. A hundred and thirty miles away from his no, job. No, but he's got to go back yeah. to work, and he gets got to go. What kind of a commute does he have? Like. Well, no, this is his dad's house. He doesn't he doesn't live with his dad. He said that's my home, where my home is. But 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 home is in when I like you know when you you go home to mm, but he still Indiana. Has to get back does he to live work. in Paris? I think he does. Okay, we think anyway, that. We'll, keep we'll, him down on the farm. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. But the deal is he um says, don't worry, my dad will take care of taking you to Le Mans. You will get to see your race cars as you wanted. Very chivalrous, Mm -hmm. very gallant, and uh, I think righteous. And uh, we admire him and love him even more for that. Oh, when he said, my dad will take care of you, and then the cut to the dad going, ha ha! It was uncomfortable. <laughs> the dad was her creeper. Yeah. He looked really creepy. Like he uh, peeked around some curtain. No, he did. <laughs> he was like, oh. but he did, yeah. right? Thank mm. you, Matthew. Yeah. It was but like then, 70s porn. He looked really like he, <laughs> he did have a big mustache. No, he wanted a something. A big, bushy mustache. He wanted something. It yeah. was a little, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to say it wasn't a little tiny bit. Yeah. You, you guys can't. might be exaggerating. No, Just you saying. can't. No, we're not. <laughs> then Joe says, I want to go with you. Wherever you are going, I want to be with you. Through so Nancy she, McKeon's I tears. Will, yeah. And Through we Nancy get the tears. God. tears. Well, the thing is, she hasn't 
cried. Yeah. She hasn't had a good cry show yeah, in a while. She really hasn't. And that when Nancy McKeon cries, it's like when Maleficent's wings reattach themselves to her body as far as it is like it's like, you know, beams of light come out of her appendages. It is such a superpower of hers. But as the series has progressed, Joe has been given fewer, progressively fewer opportunities to show us that softer side, yeah. to show her that emotional side, because we know it's there. Not so much Nancy McKeon crying during the over our heads years. <laughs> no, <laughs> exactly. Not so many deep moments. Exactly. With Nancy they didn't have them. Exactly. Yeah, they didn't have that. It was just awkward lesbian flirting with the oh, most... George Clooney. So then yes. they land in New York. Stop. We got okay. Whatever. Oh my god. Deny. Wait a minute. Come back. Come back. He's gone. Oh, shit. Let's wrap this shit up. Okay. Okay, so uh, no. So then, um, the so yeah. So the the love the love things are happening. This is a real thing for Joe. She's really into David, and and so are we. Thankfully, so are we. We're into it too. That's great. It's the so, only thing I bought the whole show. Agreed, because Nancy McKeon is so fucking good. And now so we come back to Natalie and Tutti with GK. Yeah, I know you so hate worrying. this. We have to do this, though. <laughs> um, at one point, I did put, where are they staying? Because so we missed the scene when they agreed that they would be staying with Mrs. Garrett. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is where we have to stop a moment and say... What is with the costumes? The costumes in this are awful. We're about to get to Blair in the yellow dress. We're not there yet. But at this point, Tootie is in a shiny headband. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this headband, it's like just a wire with some like sequins on it. And about four inches of it are visible at the top, yeah. top crown of her head. It's not doing anything near what a job that a headband yeah. should do. I said, what is she wearing? And you said, a headband to keep the hair off of her face. Yeah. And she's still got the same penis head bowl cut that she's had. Can we call it a mushroom head? Or it, is that just penis head, but cleaner? Pe uh, we'll go with that, yeah. I have a mushroom head. No, okay, wow. Moving on. Tootie is also wearing a purple polo shirt and these long peach shorts below the knees like culottes gauchos. She looks hideous. Natalie is in a light blue polo shirt with white collar and cuffs. <laughs> white collar and cuffs? It, I miss this scene. It, well, no, like the, the it was edge, in handcuffs? The, no, the edge of the sleeves. Oh, got it. Got yes. It, yeah. So, um, and she also has a long black skirt that goes to the calf, dark yeah. gray hose, no. and shoes with ankle straps. They have no bras. And, and no bras. Every time they ran, it was like jugs on parade. It was like we were laughing. It's true. I mean, and poor Mindy Cohn had them tiggle bitty. Oh, yeah. And she, she was like running with her like, arms closed. Bless her heart. And honestly, that was probably pretty traumatic for her. Like in her head, she was probably like, oh my God. Like she was 14. I know. Oh, that would be the terrible. We're, I guess it's the next day again. And they are with GK, and they are reading the article. He has written it. He's going to be turning it in. He's going to be keeping his job. Clearly, he's no longer a drinker, and it's he's going to have prize winning. It's the best thing he's ever written. Yep, exactly. So he thanks them for helping him. 
and the girls are like, why don't you come back to the United States and finish your trilogy? And he's like, I don't know, I don't know. Guess I'll have to write another book and figure it out. <gasps> oh, that's great. We've fixed everything about this damaged man that we don't fucking know. Yeah. End of that plot, Paul. I'm happy to report to you this plot is over. Thank God. Uh. I hate it. And he says the book, he will write it and dedicate it to yeah, them. I've hated it since I was a kid. Yeah. And Done. as he recites the, the, the dedication he's going to write, it flows with um, florid language and creativity I and expressing care. and how they... I don't give a shit. And... <laughs> it's done. Close and as, it. Close it. Yeah. And then they walk away off into the Parisian sunset, arm in arm, like you do when you're 40 and you have two goddamn teenagers mm -hmm. with you. Mm -hmm. Just got to state that for the 20,000th time. Go back to and, Cincinnati, Herb. <laughs> and that is the end of part three. For oh, those my God. Watching them. Are we done? We're on the final part, part four of four. Oh, my oh. God. I got to stretch. And, guys, 80% of part four is Blair walking around in an ugly fucking yellow sundress with a matching hat. She looks like Carmen Sandiego. Yeah, she does. <laughs> And it's like big puffy sleeves with gatherings at the cuffs. Very and, 82. And, and we're talking like the skirt is gathered, gathered, gathered and ruffled. And again, it's somebody in costuming going, this goddamn pig woman is a size six. And I don't know how do, how do you cost a size. Nobody makes clothes in a size six. I have to get a circus tent to put on this fucking fatso. This pig woman. <laughs> I'm, that was ironic humor. This camera, that was a camera adds ten pounds. How many cameras are on her? <laughs> um, but see, okay, here's the thing: these people that love to quote unquote remember the '80s don't remember that that's what it was. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it, it was... wasn't all neon and fucking. All um, the fun stuff. No, yeah, there was so much it was shitty. That shit. Oh, it was the Brady Bunch house. In the very Brady Christmas movie, yes. all that redesign, all the whole, yes. let's show what they would have updated in the house yeah. in the AN. Oh my so God. It's an actual, it's kind of good in that way that it's an actual print of what it was like in the 80s. Like, because I noticed Blair's hair, while it looks like it's full of hairspray, is not full of hairspray. No. It's just. It's huge. It, yeah, it's just big and and because they're filming on location, it's just teased out all over everywhere. So Blair, ugly yellow dress, ugly yellow hat, Carmen San Diego. Mm -hmm. She goes into a bookstore, has a nice little conversation with the store owner, goes to buy a book. No, no, it is a gift. You may keep it. Are you fucking kidding? Because Talk you're about American and I have a daughter in Cleveland. Yeah, that's right. It's just such the trope of the of the book the oh no no it's a gift i'm not here to make it right. make a living or earn a career or feed a family right it's more important that you're just a pretty woman i like i am friends yeah that's oh oh such isn't paris such a romantic city where things like that really happen anyway as blair leaves the bookstore she, she'd more likely charge her twice the book exactly. twice the price of the book because she's a fucking american yeah, fuck it. it is for parisian it is four thousand francs you piece of <laughs> shit <laughs> I fart in your general direction. <laughs> I wave my private parts at your aunties. <laughs> Matthew snarfed again. I'm sorry. Um, so then as Blair leaves and walks out down the street, she go, walks on one side of a car. On the other side of a car, David and Joe. Oh. 
and they walk in and they walk into the bookstore. That's the bookstore where David works. Crazy. It was a near miss. Oh my God. But which would be fine, which is fine, but we have not established at any other point that they are looking for each other or, or why? Yeah. Why was it? Why did this happen? Like they know there's no reason for them to like not be like, Hey Joe, I'll see you tomorrow. You know what I mean? I I agree. There was, it wasn't. If that's the plot point, there's no reason for them to miss each other. Yeah. Agreed. Totally agree. They're not like lost in Paris and it's like, oh, they almost found each other. Uh, yeah. No. I, I agree. So then we get to the tasting of Mrs. Garrett's final project at the cooking school. Mm. She is praying and nervous. And Chef Antoine says, c'est bon. Very bon. Very bon. Matthew lost his shit. <laughs> well. Over the ill-Americanized French. Oh, my God. Anyhow, he is like, this lobster, you have created an original and subtlety. And are these shallots? And of course she has. Shallots, you cannot put shallots with lobster. Mrs. Garrett says, if you do it with sweet butter. Sweet butter? Sweet butter with lobster. It's, it's like she just split yeah. the atom, cured yeah. cancer, and yeah. solved mm-hmm. world peace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. therefore, she is able to get her whatever certificate, her whatever. But it was a success, and she's happy, and yay. Then we go back to Blair walking around Paris. And then we come back. It is still walking. Another montage. She walks Another montage. And at one point, when she walks by, there's another woman in a brighter yellow dress behind her. White people generally shouldn't wear yellow. Yeah, thank a, you. As a rule. Yeah. Well, my yeah. mom my mom tells me don't wear yellow because yeah. she's like, you're going to just you're gonna be look like, like the yeah, ball of sunshine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, the woman behind her looked better. And it didn't help that she was also a thinner woman and that the dress had about a tenth the amount of fabric yeah. as Blair's billows and festoons yes. that were trying to camouflage this heifer body. <laughs> yeah, it's just, and they said it's really, it really sucks going through puberty in front of a camera. Yeah. In front of the United States, in front of America. Well, Eddie Munster had been saying that for 30 <laughs> years. Yeah, like, True. He was that guy again, like, and Donna Reed's son was always against child labor laws on TV and shit. Oh, like, it's true. Kids should on TV. Yeah. yeah. But, I was kind of in love with with uh, Wally. Well, and again, it was the 80s, so thin was different in the 80s than thin is now. I mean, we as a society weren't as fat as I we personally are feel in the yeah. 80s. Um, so they were probably a size 10. But I really feel like in the 80s, like physical, Co- like when you think of like, cocaine let's get physical. Big. Yeah, cocaine. Cocaine was huge. But you oh, think, the fitness craze. But, yeah. you, but you think of like Olivia Newton-John, let's get physical, whatever. But I just felt like people were still how they were still a good healthy weight. They still had some meat on them. It was. But have you ever met us? You've met TV stars, haven't you? Yeah, they're always rail fucking thin, and yeah. they're and but they always look older. Like than, Kelly Ripa could hide behind this microphone stand. Yeah. Yes, and like um, uh, like Julie Bowen on Modern no. Family. Oh my god! You yeah, she's like a shoulder skeleton. Blades. Yeah. So then we go back to Edna at Antoine's restaurant, and Pierre shows up, and she's wearing her chef hat, and he congratulates she her. She earned her chef's hat, and the other people in the class applaud Pierre. And he's like, "What is going on?" And she says, "I told them how you helped me and inspired me 
to yeah. create my finale, my final exam dish. And then Antoine is like, you, be, these two little things that you told Edna to do with that lobster, well, clearly you're a master chef. I'm going to come to your restaurant. Yeah. I'm going to talk you up to Paris and you're going to become a famous chef. You're welcome. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, because that happens. Yeah. But anyhow, the and scene ends with the excitement of Edna and Pierre both having a success, and they uh, sort of are in each other's arms, jumping around, and we get the kiss on the cheek, kiss on the cheek, and then they end up on the lips, and it's like, oh. You want to show the audience how that happened? But in the future. Did you want to use me to show? The future. Do you want to be Edna? No. Um, well, then we go back to... <laughs> Blair walking around Paris. Blair walking around Paris. Ah, You're right. We're going mad. This time she's approached by a fucking hot dude. Ken Barnett from Chicago. We are not even going to talk about how they meet or whatever. No, he's cute. But basically, he is hot. He's got a sweater over his shoulders, so he's clearly rich Mm -hmm. and of her class. But like she, before that, every ugly, crazy person approached her. And she like, was like, oh, you're so, you're so sexy. And I, I'm like, no, he's not. And no. then the one that actually shows up and says, do you want to? And I get it. She blows she, the rape whistle immediately. <laughs> like as soon as she turns around. Thank you. She's like, no. Yeah, yeah, but I get it. I get it. She's like, no, I want to spend the time by myself. But I'm like, but that's the one that you say no to. Right. The other ones you, you, you gave time, but they were gross and weird and. It's strange. And, yeah, no, it's, um, and he asks her, says, you know, well, hey, I'm feeling, you want to you wanna grab a bite for lunch? And she's like, no, actually, I'm okay. But I'm like, good for Blair. Good for Blair. Well, I mean, good for Blair in the sense that from a feminism standpoint, the idea that you're hinging your entire trip on whether you meet a guy versus. Yeah. yeah. We, the, the whole crux of her story is that she learned to be alone she learned that sometimes when you're in paris being in paris is enough i feel like the underlying theme of blair's storyline is that sometimes you just want to masturbate no <laughs> like you know what i mean you don't need any like, help i, I got it like, yeah. i got it and i've always said to people that's the beauty of being gay because men understand yeah like when i'm done go ahead clean up i will finish up right here and there's no hard feelings. <laughs> wow. Know, I get it. Wow. So then we go to Joe helping out at the bookstore. Oh, my God. We're, we're only there. there. We're I'm, still I'm there. At Joe's good, I've been at Joe's goodbye for 45 minutes. Joe's goodbye. No. Nobody. No. Joe's at the bookstore. And so she. this is where she has a uh, this place. I've never right. been here before, and yet I feel like a part but of me is there. Good. This she's is her. This is another actress. crying moment, and I'm so happy. And but I, she's a good with you, actress. with she's you, good. I feel like I'm at home. Is kind of what it is. And another kiss. We go to commercial, and now we are in the final, final, okay. final act of this. This movie goes on for fucking ever. Blair's Boy. still walking around Paris. Okay. No. <laughs> Well, at this point, we're not. We're all now back at Mrs. Garrett's room. We oh. come we come back from commercial, and we're at Mrs. Garrett's room, and everyone is gathering their luggage and getting ready. Yes. And Blair comes in, and they're like, so, Blair, where have you been? And she says, I have had a wonderful time walking around the city and not masturbating. Matthew, stop. She sniffs her fingers. And stop. Goes, no. What? I, it didn't happen. I'm no. Kidding. It doesn't happen. I'm kidding. Um, so she says... When she says she's had a wonderful day, 
the girls all turn and almost in unison go, what's his name? Yeah. Huh? What's the name of the guy? Rosie Palm. No. (laughs) But it was one of those like, well, Blair, if you said you had a good time, obviously you weren't alone. You had to have another human being. Because you are a codependent bitch. I had Thumbelina and her four sisters. No. (laughs) So, uh, Matthew, put your hand away, please. But the thing is, the girls are all like, I'm so sad to go home. We are still worried about Joe. Mrs. Garrett points out that we have not heard from Joe since she took off. And they're like, she's supposed to meet us at the since airport. Since she started walking north. Yep, exactly. We haven't heard from Joe. But Mrs. Garrett's like, she'll meet us at the airport. She will be there. And then we cut to Joe kissing David goodbye. Joe is wearing a members-only jacket to die for. Mm. That's the one good yeah. costuming thing. And... I, that's because I want to wear that members-only jacket. Uh, but there's a goodbye, tears, Joe. And the trope we just did is the whole thing of, I'm, I walked over to you, Matthew, and I said, Matthew, I have something really serious I need to discuss. And then I turned my back to you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that we would get the angle of the two people and you looking over my... That trope of when you're acting for the camera of turning your back to the person that you're talking to is yeah. so fucking unnatural and ridiculous. And we do it on stage all the time. It's mm-hmm. just a way you have to do it. And it's our job to make it look natural. But, oh, my God, it's like you're falling. You're in love with this guy, and you have to leave him. So as you contemplate how hard it is to leave him, let's turn your back to him. You don't want to get every glimpse that you can. Well, it's very, I don't want him to see me cry. I don't want him to see me cry. So while Joe is tearfully saying goodbye, and she actually says, I don't know how to say goodbye. And he's like, you just said it, you stupid bitch. Um, No, no, he was nice to her. And he's like, no, we will see each other again. Yes. And I don't want, she says, I don't want to leave (laughs) you. It'll never happen. (laughs) And guys, this is, let's, you know, let's make light of this. This is the best part of the movie. Watching Joe Polnicek fall in love. With a man. And (laughs) I know. And then have to play about losing it and having to say goodbye to him. This is the only redeeming factor yeah. in the film. But while she's saying goodbye to him, Blair is collecting the luggage separate from where the others are. Very important. And Blair sees Joe with him. And then when Joe comes inside, Blair sees that Joe is still a fucking mess. Her wife is in distress. No. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And so she's like, are you okay? And Joe's like, yeah, I'll be okay. And then... They go up this escalator. <laughs> Horrible sound. They're in like a wind tunnel. <laughs> and it's like, Matthew, yeah, and it was like, just who was that? Oh, it was just, a, how was Le Mans? Yeah. Was it a great adventure? And what did you do? Uh-huh. And then um, they get up there. And then as they uh, pass the camera on the elevator, it pans and perfectly framed in the window outside. He's David standing there looking longingly up towards the airport. And but as corny as it, all three of us went, Oh! oh I absolutely did. did. I absolutely did. did. I want like him to be three there. Three teenage girls we watching were like, this. Oh. We were like, oh. No, I absolutely want, <laughs> wanted him did. to be there. We are such pushovers yes. for I that wish shit. wish I were kidding. Yeah. So when they get to the gate, the girls are all like asking Joe, how are you? What'd you do? What was the, how was the, how was the, how was the, how was the adventure? And Blair quickly 
runs interference. So this gracious. is where I wrote down Blair for the win. Blair for the win. Well, she does. This is where she shows herself once again to be as the. I'm your best fucking yeah. friend. Yeah. Yeah. When, yeah. When the chips are I'm down. I'm your ride or die, bitch. It's yeah. true. It's true. <laughs> when the chips are down, they always come through for each other. And That's Blair true. runs interference and says, uh, hey, girls, she's tired. How about we get our stuff together and give us a minute? So she runs interference. And uh, as the girls all go off to the gate, um, oh, we do have one more laugh for Mrs. Garrett because we have to get our Mrs. Garrett. And it's like, and the girls are like, we didn't even call. We wondered if you were okay. And she says, yeah, I'm sorry you guys were worried. And Mrs. Garrett goes, worried? No, we weren't worried. <laughs> Where were you? As you comedy gold. Yeah. Comedy, comedy gold. Because that's Mrs. Garrett. Yep. So <clears throat> we had to get that one last laugh in for Mrs. For, for Charlotte Ray. And then as they go off, um, we have one more Blair and Joe moment where Joe thanks Blair tearfully. Still, Joe is still a fucking mess. And you pointed out, guys, you were like, who is it that said, in some of the shots, you can still see the puffy eyes. Like, mm-hmm. they, they clearly said, okay, print that, moving on, next mm-hmm. shot. We're not taking a break. You're still, wipe your tears and we're starting over. Um, so Joe is still a mess, and she thanks Blair for... You maybe wonder if little Nancy McKeon fell in love with this kid a little bit while she was over there. He was so cute. I would fall you in love with him. Maybe, like, how real was, was it? But was it? He was... Because um, they had to kiss and everything. She's 15. And you showed me his picture. She's, she's 16 mind now. it. Yeah. Remember, but Nancy... she was Ma- kissing him then. And remember, Nancy McKeon is 16. Yeah. Joe is 18. Yeah. But Nancy yeah. McKean is 16. I love your obsession with them. I love my the obsession, obsession too. I just wonder if, like, <laughs> she filmed it. It's all about their, their ages. I'm like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. What'd you say? I just wonder if it was a little bit real to Nancy McKean. Oh, maybe she. I mean, who knows? Uh, to be a 16 year old and play those like love scenes? They filmed it in order. I feel yeah, like oh, they I'm filmed sh- it. <laughs> they did. Um, and <clears> then uh, they all get on the plane. And then as the plane takes off, what do they sing? What the fuck? What the hell I'm is gonna that? I'm going to keep them how down gonna, on the farm. How you going to keep them down on the farm after they've seen party? How you going to keep them? And then they start laughing. What, what is that song? What is I have it? no idea. Okay. Okay. Here we go. How you going to keep them down on the farm after they've seen Paris is a World War One song that rose... <laughs> That all teenage girls were singing in 1982. Thank you, vaudevillian writers, because this was a song your fucking grandparents sang to you. They had to choose between that and they didn't want to pay the rights to Over There. Yeah. By or, George M. I Cohen. love Paris in the springtime. <laughs> Which Mrs. Garrett sang in season Over one. There. She did. She did. She did. They could have done. But yeah, uh, 1919 is when it was written. I will find a video of this. Uh, maybe I can find a kinetoscope on YouTube but um yeah all right so that explains it because I didn't hear that at all to me they started singing a song that I had never heard yeah and it was nice to know that you two agreed previous reference to it or anything no so like they didn't sing it on the plane it was just like we need a song about with the word Paris in it that doesn't cost any money and they chose that one a a World War One song well, gentlemen, we are at the end. Let's uh, final thoughts on the movie. What would you give it on a like A, A, B, C, D, F 
What would you give it on a scale? Oh, God, when I was a kid, it would be amazing. But oh, A plus now, to a but, child. Yeah, but now, um, yeah, like a C minus. Like it's not a good show. Um, but what What about you, Matthew? What grade would you give it? Oh, I think because I remember the excitement of seeing your favorite, my favorite characters, in something else. Like this is the time when, like, um, I think, um, like shows like. Um, Circus of the Stars. Oh and, yeah, and the Olympics. What was the, that show that they did? The yeah, people, the, the Battle of the Battle Network, of the Network stars. stars. Is on where you'd see like Thelma Harper doing <laughs> playing doing, tug of war with Suzanne yeah, Summers. Exactly yeah. <laughs> doing the breaststroke with Michael J. Fox. <laughs> there's a video of him in that, and he's just swinging around in his little shorts, Michael J. Fox. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I dated him early in the 80s. Wait a minute. You dated Michael, Michael J. Fox? Michael J. Fox went to the Dairy Queen both times we went on a date. I had the Sundays. He had the shakes. <laughs> um, my question about this movie is that I want to know what it was like to film it for these girls. Obviously, they were best friends. They're still to this day. They call each other sisters. But... Joe is away from the rest of the cast for the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as is Mrs. Garrett. So, yeah. like, I was wondering, like, how it was to actually film this because yeah. they were hardly together. They weren't together. Yeah. So, Which like, makes you wonder: was there a second unit director? Me. But like, I, I compare it to like um, Mark Hamill talks about filming *Empire Strikes Back* and how that was the episode. That was the yeah. He was he away was with Yoda about. in his so little like, corner. For five weeks. It said cast call sheet Mark Hamill. Yeah. And. He's like, I didn't see anybody during that movie. Yeah. So I just wonder what it was like for these girls. I mean, obviously, they weren't filming 24 hours a day, and they were probably having a great time with each other. And stayed at the same but, hotel. Yeah. Yeah, but they probably came together at the end of the day. Poor but, things. But I wonder if to save having a film crew and a film camera is expensive. So that's why it's, you know, a camera, a single camera. But you wonder if they didn't say, okay, well, in the interest of time right. to crank this out fast... We're going to have a second unit director and a separate crew. This was clearly filmed on like 16 millimeter. This was, I don't think this was even on 35 millimeter like the cheapest 1970s movie. I really think this was on 16. So let's wrap this up, guys. We've dreamt of this moment. The show is, the movie's over. So guys, we did it. I had no idea that we were still on air. Yeah. What did you think? What did you think about how we were talking about? Yeah. I don't know. You I mean, granted, we, this is the conversation we would have had anyway if we had hung out true, and true, not true. been recording a podcast. But guys, okay. thank you so much. We, we pulled this together very quickly on very short notice. And I can't believe I got you guys here. It was like, it was like not even two day, not even 48 hours we pulled it well, together so I, thank yeah. you for this and i'm so thrilled because now i can move on and kick off season four the final eastland season <sighs> and uh so i i will just say i love you guys for doing this and thank you so much and many smooches you're welcome i'm so i'm so excited that i got to um hang out with matthew arter and uh and and me about, and yeah you too and and me yes. yeah um, and, i'm sure uh, yeah Okay. Good good time. I see how you are. Good night. And there you have it. That was Matthew Arter and Paul Padilla winding up our two-week jaunt into the land of baguettes and boeuf bourguignon and fromage and all the other words that they mispronounce on the facts of life. It was uh, uh, it was a journey, all right, and we kind of wished it had been a little bit better, but oh well, their first TV movie, it is what it is. And 
when the chips are down, we did get more of Nancy McKeon crying. And that's really the most important thing. Anyhow, let's move on. Next week, we are actually going to officially begin season four, season four, episode one. And that episode is titled Ain't Miss Beholden. That's three words. You see what they did there? It's a little play on words. Um, my guest, of course, it's a season premiere. So Matthew's going to be back. It's going to be me and Matthew Arter. And we're going to have so much fun. And uh, I hope you will come back and join us again for it. So that's all. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. And remember, the facts of life are all about you. Let's Face the Facts was produced, written, hosted, and edited by me, David Almeida. My theme song was beautifully arranged and recorded by Ned Wilkinson. Our website is facethefactspod.com. You have to drop the let's. And that's where you can find extra pictures, video, and audio extras from the digital cutting room floor. Follow the show on social media. We're everywhere under the handle Face the Facts Pod. And don't forget, go to your favorite podcatchers and subscribe, rate, and review. Tune in again next week for another thrilling episode of Let's Face the Facts.